0: It's September 23rd, 2022. And you know what, you guys? It is time for another group show. That's right. I am absolutely tickled to be joined today by my dear friends, my longtime co-hosts, Kelly
1: Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer.
0: Hi, friends. How are you doing?
1: So good. It's so good to see you guys. I love doing more group shows. This is making me happy. It makes
0: me so happy, too. Thankfully, we had a little time to just sit and visit before we started recording. And we won't talk about the hair disaster that Rebecca is having on her end over
1: there. She says, thank you.
2: I am not pleased (laughs) with what is happening with my hair. So if anybody sees me looking good on Instagram or social media and you want to give me a compliment (laughs) on my hair, I will gladly take it because right now I'm really suffering. And I think that our last don't. you rather episode has scared everybody into thinking I don't appreciate compliments on my hair.
0: Even I myself have been <laughs> hesitant, reluctant. But also still, I felt compelled to be like, your hair looks amazing. I'm sorry to say it. And
1: you're pleased. You're like, please stop apologizing. Yeah, <laughs> I would we just... really did traumatize her from that episode. Like we, we put so many things out of the universe. She that she's like, now I have to pull this all back.
2: Why have I agreed to do this? She again? has not recovered. But I just want to clarify. <laughs> I would be highly suspicious of 400 people complimenting my hair yeah, yeah, yeah. over the course of a month. But yes. that's not happening.
0: It's OK. <laughs> but like 10 a month would be totally (laughs) fine. (laughs) Okay. In case you missed it for our 400th episode, we played a round of Would You Rather. Rebecca gave us a very fun idea for a theme. Four versus 400. One of my favorite recordings we've ever done. So if you missed that because it dropped during the summer and maybe you're kind of like out of the podcast groove during the summer, do yourself a favor, give yourself a little treat, go back and listen to that episode 400, because we had a lot of fun. We had so much fun that we were like, let's do another group show. Let's play Would You Rather Again. We're going to play it classic style this time with a little bit of a twist. We asked the awesomes for some would you rather questions. And then our producer, Sarah, went in and picked from the suggested questions from the awesomes. So Kelly and Rebecca have no idea what's coming to them for Would You Rather today. So it's a little bit of a twist. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you guys nervous this time? I mean, I should be. I'm
2: the one who had the most traumatic yeah. experience last time. <laughs> but I mean, I'm optimistic yes. that it's going to be great.
1: <laughs> I think that I don't project like I'm always like, ah, let's see. I should be nervous, too. That's how I feel like I should be. But I think that not knowing the questions has given me a false sense of calm.
2: Yeah, which, yes, it does not make any sense. Logically, I should be (laughs) highly freaked out. But I'm like, well, I don't know what's coming. Just hit me with the bus and then I'll freak out.
0: (laughs) I will say this. Our awesomes are much kinder to us with the exception of one awesome Allie put together some questions personalized for each of us. We're going to save that till the end. (laughs) Allie went into total savage mode. Her would you rathers for each of us are oh, brutal. No. So hang on. Well, now I'm nervous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, false sense of calm. It's just like uh, stage right. I'm, I'm gone. And it replaced it with like a whole bunch of anxiety. Like my knees just started to sweat. <laughs> my knee pits. Yep. this is some
0: good knee sweat inducing Uh, would you rather? Actually, most of them are quite tame, except for the very last one. So buckle up for that. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. (music) Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for an amazing group of women to connect with, a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I am so thrilled to tell you that you have come to the right place. And if you are enjoying Sort of Awesome, first of all, please make sure you have subscribed to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss a new episode from us. And please do come join us in one of our online communities. We have our Instagram page at Sort of Awesome Show. We would love to have you join us there if you're big into Instagram. If you're on Facebook, come and find us in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group. Summer is behind us, but you guys right around the corner. It's the holiday season. (laughs) And I will tell you what. what, I'm getting more and more anxious. (laughs) Sorry, Kelly. I I know. None of the three of us on the microphone right now really like to think towards the future and make plans. But believe it or not, we're turning the corner into October. And with it comes the holiday season. And that is when the Hangout community really shines at coming together and supporting each other and getting through all of those questions, the gift recommendations, the family dynamics, all of it, we will hold your hand. We will walk you through the holiday season. So come and find us on Facebook in the Sorta Awesome Hangout group. It's the perfect time if you're to do it. Okay, we have so much fun to get to with our Would You Rather questions. But first, let's go ahead and do something way more safe, way more tame. <laughs> let's start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now. could be a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product, something that's bringing a little extra gold sparkle to our days. Kelly Gordon, what you got for us for Awesome of the Week, my friend? I have some food.
1: Let's just talk food because here we are. We're back into the swing of things, right? school, routine, that sort of thing, we have to cook dinner still. And for many of us, it's like, okay, now what? We've got homework. We've got sports schedules. We've got, how am I going to do all this? So today I'm sharing one of my very favorite recipes for this time of year, because I feel like it's that perfect thing for this season. When it's early fall, you're not really ready for, at least I'm not, like full on soups and stews and things like that. But I need something that's quick and healthy and that most importantly, my kids will actually eat. Very critical because sometimes you're like, oh, this is great. And they're like, I don't know. I don't like that. You know, so what's the point? So these are mini turkey burgers served with sweet potato fries. Okay, Kelly, you are known for your turkey burger
0: prowess. Now you're bringing us like the mini. Is this like a slider version kind of? So
1: hey, bring it The turkey burgers that you're referring to, Meg, are a very classic. If you've ever eaten to the Gordons in the summer, they're called Cajun turkey burgers. And you can find that recipe on my website as well. But those are regular-sized burgers. They've got a little bit of kick. I mean, they're not going to turn off a kid. The ones I'm talking about today are more like a slider version. They're great for kids because you hold them like that. They're small. And they really don't have that kind of a spice in it. There's nothing like that. It is basically, and they're really quick to make, you guys. This is one of my favorite things about them. It's just ground turkey, shredded cheddar cheese. So if you buy, like I do, the pre-shredded cheddar, a couple handfuls of those, some bread crumbs. I use, like the actual recipe calls for grated onion. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. So I just use dried onion, dried minced onion that you can get in the spice aisle. That's it. Salt and pepper. So of course, you're going to find the exact recipe on my website, like the proportions. But it's those things. You can divide your meat mixture up into 12. I kind of just like do half and half. You know, you make it so that you can get 12. And you've got 12 little burgers. Little slider burgers that you can cook. Of course, you could do it on a grill if it's still like something that you want to do, but they work really well just in a pan. You're just pan fried because they're so small. They cook quickly. I think that the genius of them is putting in that onion and the cheddar cheese. They're not overly cheesy. Like you're not going to really be eating them and think like, Oh, there's cheese dripping out of this burger. It's just the flavor. It adds like a really nice flavor to them and makes them really tender. I buy dinner rolls to serve these on because sometimes finding you can in some grocery stores find slider buns. But I try to look just for dinner rolls because I'm like, those are the right size. Lots of times you can find them even in whole wheat if you want to up the healthy factor. If your kids, I mean, my kids will eat these without anything else on them. They're not even going to put ketchup, you know, like the the meat is flavorful enough. They just put it on the bun and go. But you could easily do like a little slice of even like a Roma tomato, something that's going to fit that burger and some lettuce if those of you who want to up your veggie intake. I serve these with also part of the recipe to me is sweet potato fries, which are really just you're cutting a sweet potato into long strips and roasting it. So you could use an air fryer for this. You could use an oven for this, of course, as long as it's not too hot to turn your oven on. But then you've kind of got that like burger and fry combo, but it's a healthier combo. And I would say this whole thing can be on the table in probably it would have to be 45 minutes to preheat your oven. But, you know, like some of that is just preheating your oven. Really, it's like a half an hour of work. Because if you cut up your potatoes, get those in the oven while they cook, you make your burgers and cook those, you're ready to go. And then here's the thing. It's a great, great meal. Like my kids are always excited about this. And sometimes I serve it with like some sugar snap peas or something else, some other veggie. But like just those two things alone are very healthy, very filling. You can even put it in the lunch the next day. Not so much the sweet potato fries. I feel like those get soggy. But like those burgers, cold, those go right into a lunch for me. So I have started because I have bigger kids. The recipe calls for one pound of ground turkey. I think I usually make three to four pounds at this point, like triple, quadruple the recipe, and then just stock them in the fridge, and they do not last long. We just put them right on the buns when they come out, stick them in the fridge so they're all ready to go. People eat them cold, people put them in the microwave, whatever. They are so good. I'm like talking myself into making this for dinner. (laughs) I'm like starving right now. That sounds amazing. This is not on my list for tonight, but it might be now because they are that good. (laughs) And I know that my kids love them, and I feel good as a mom, like saying, like, this is pretty healthy. It's quick and easy for those nights when things are getting busy again. So yeah, mini turkey burgers. And of course, I feel like I need to say because this comes up, I don't know, at least three times a year on Sorta Awesome. This is an original recipe from Everyday Food, R.I.P. And in fact, wait, side note. Did you guys know that Martha Stewart Living, the magazine, it's gone? No. I didn't. I, it, it folded? Yeah, they closed the magazine. Oh. They closed the actual physical magazines, oh. which I have been a subscriber for decades like for a long, long time. And all of a sudden I didn't notice that I wasn't getting an issue. Probably I sent an email, but it went into my spam folder, whatever. And I started to get food and wine. And I was like, what the heck is happening? And I look and they're like, oh yeah, we stopped publishing in May. Martha Stewart Living is no longer a magazine. So I just feel like- it's the end of an era. This, like they're doing it online, of course. But I was like, yeah, they're getting rid of all, only the good die young. So, anyway, Aww. I still miss everyday food. Oh, and shoot. this is why, because these kinds of recipes are what they featured. It was like easy and accessible and healthy and yummy. So, you'll definitely love this one if you have not already tried it from your own stash. Sounds great. Love an easy,
0: healthy weeknight meal. That sounds amazing. So good. Okay, Rebecca, what is awesome for you this week, my friend?
2: Well, I have been holding on to this awesome of the week for a while now because I wanted to talk about it closer to the holidays, but not like super close because this, I think, has the potential to be a good gift option for people who maybe you feel like they have everything. Like maybe instead of exchanging gifts, you could do this. It is a custom family cookbook. And my family put this together. Ours is called the Berry Delicious Recipes Part 2. because Stop. Because my mother's maiden name is Bear. And in 1987, they made a family cookbook. I mean, I'm sure lots of people have like a cookbook that looks kind of similar to this or like an old church cookbook or an old family cookbook. This used to be like the staple way that we exchanged recipes with people, right?
0: A hundred percent. Yes. Before. And a fundraiser. Yeah. Fundraisers. Before the internet, before Pinterest, yes, you had your church cookbook. Yours, I can see your family one is spiral bound. I'm thinking, yes, spiral bound and everybody's best recipes. Yes, it was a moment for sure.
2: Well, guess what? You can still do it. And I think that this really could be a good option, like I said, for a family who's like, I don't know, what do we get grandma this year? Why don't we bless grandma with, Honoring all of her favorite recipes that she makes for us or mom and dad and things like that. And just like a cookbook in their honor or something like that. We did this this past spring with my mom's side of the family. And our cookbook is pretty thick. We have, I think it's like 206 pages of recipes in here. And it comes a lot. It is a lot. I mean, it's kind of a big extended family. My mom is one of five sisters. They are all still living in with us, and we got recipes from all of them, all of their kids, even the generation below me submitted recipes. You can, of course, have everybody's name in next to the recipe for who submitted that recipe. There's a section for notes about the recipes, and it was all done on simplycookbooks.com. So when you use that website, you are given the option of sending everybody a link to contribute their recipes for it, which is how I submitted my own recipes. And it was really easy to do. They had a whole intro section that talked about some tips for you know best practices for submitting your recipe and things like, how are we going to abbreviate tablespoons and teaspoons so that everything is uniform? And then also we had the people who organized this said, you can just email us, you can text us, you can snail mail recipes and they did a lot of work to put things in too but you have the option of everybody contributing their own recipe or having somebody else kind of lead the charge on that but my cousin who organized this said that this was the second website that she tried and she thought it actually was the easiest to use and that she was able to email them with questions and they responded within a day or two so she thought that the customer service aspect of it was really good yeah so the price on the cookbooks varies a lot based off of how many pages and how many you order. But this cookbook is a decent size cookbook. This cost me $14.
0: And I think that included like a shipping cost too. Wow, that's incredible. That's an incredible price point for something that is so extensive. And there's so much put into it for $14. That's amazing.
2: Again, the prices can really vary a lot. Like the highest price is probably going to be about $40 per cookbook. Okay. But I feel like even that could be reasonable. You have to order a minimum of 12. I mean, there's lots of like frequently asked questions types of details that we're not going to get into. What I'm just here to say is one thing that I really liked about this when I was thinking about what kind of recipes do I want to put into this cookbook? And frankly, I have a lot of them, like on my own personal blog already. But what I thought was this is like, Better than my pins on Pinterest. It's better than my blog post entries. It's better than my random printouts (laughs) that I have in my recipe box because they are all together. So, even more than it being an investment for me and like me being able to have these recipes, I was kind of thinking of my kids too. And so, I bought copies for each of my kids that I plan to give to them like when they move out of the house and say, hey, Some of our immediate family's favorite recipes are in here, plus your Aunt Amy's recipes that you like to eat at her house and grandma's recipes that you like to eat at her house. And then, of course, like a whole lot more because there's a whole lot more recipes in here. But I really liked it. I recommend it possibly as a good gift alternative this year, a good family project. You can, again, check it out at simplycookbooks.com if
0: you're interested in making your own. That is brilliant and truly what a unique gift that is going to be so meaningful and not just something that's going to get tossed to the side. Oh, I love that. I love that you bought them for your kids. Oh, it's so good. I think that'll be a really good idea for a lot of people this year. Okay, my Awesome of the Week, you guys, is a book and shocker, it's not even a romance book. (laughs) Aw, boo! I know. Step it out back into some good old-fashioned grown-up contemporary fiction this week. I love this book. It will probably be one of my favorite books of the year. Wow. Yeah.
1: It's called The Violin Conspiracy. And have you read this, Kelly? We did a show on it. We talked to the author. So I know about it. I haven't read it, but very good. Yes. So it's The Violin
0: Conspiracy. It's by Brendan Slocum. And it came out in February of this year. And I saw recently, it's been a few weeks now, I saw Ann Bogle. I think she shared it on her Instagram story somewhere on the Internet. I saw Ann talking about how she was listening to this book. She was reading it via audio and she just could not stop listening. And I love Anne's taste. I trust her suggestions, of course. And I read the overview and I was like, okay, I'm 100% into this. I always have Audible credits. So I snatched it up immediately. So The Violin Conspiracy tells the story of Ray McMillan, who's a young man, a young black man from North Carolina, who happens to be an incredibly wildly talented violinist. The opening chapter of the book begins with Ray's Stradivarius violin, one of the most rare violins, and we find out later it's from the 18th century, it was in his possession, is stolen. And inside of his violin case, instead of his violin, there's a white Chuck Taylor sneaker and a ransom note demanding $5 million in Bitcoin for the return of this very famous, extremely rare violin. So that's the opening action. So it starts out, and it is a mystery of sorts. That's the opening action, but then the story takes us back years into Ray's past from when he's in high school, and it traces his path to becoming this virtuoso and how he encounters subtle racism, overt racism. It deals with his tense relationship with his mother, who thinks that music is a waste of time for him. There's this tender, beautiful relationship with his grandmother, who ended up giving him this violin because it had belonged to her grandfather. No one in the family knew it was a Stradivarius. No one knew that it was this like incredibly rare, beautiful instrument. It deals with like the tension that is between the descendants of enslaved people and descendants of families who own slaves. The reality of racism in the world of classical music and just like a coming of age story and stepping into your talent and really owning it. And again, also, it's a mystery who stole the violin and why. This book is so good on audio. I will say it's a 12 hour read on audio. But when I was reading this, I was like looking for any possible thing I could do to where I could have an excuse to get back into the book. So I'm like cleaning out the boys room and I'm like, just like anything I could think of so I could listen to this. It is so good. The narration is by J.D. Jackson. He does a brilliant job with it. Brendan Slocum, the author himself, is a violinist, an accomplished performer, a music educator. And so the whole story is really inspired by his experiences as a Black classical musician. And oh, I just love it so much. It's so good. Kelly, I'm so jealous that you got to get the inside scoop from the author himself. It's going to be one of my favorites of the year, I can tell you that.
1: That's not surprising because my host, who, you know, her professional job is to read, and she loves reading anyway. So she reads probably two or three books a week, maybe, because she's got to prepare for all of these interviews. And it was the most fascinating interview. And I think she has said the same thing, Meg, that out of all the books she's read this year, this one is, I highlight probably in the top five, if not top three. And it is, she's like, there's just so much to it. So we can even link, if you read the book, we'll put it in the show notes too. A link to that show if you want to hear the interview with Brendan. He is so interesting and This was his first book. Like, it's really. Yes, it's his debut novel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I'm glad to hear that you liked it as much as I have heard all the good buzz about it. Such a great read.
0: So, yes, we'll have links in the show notes for that and for all of our awesomes of the week. And of course, we always want to hear what's awesome in your life. So come and find us on social media, like I said, at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram. Come find us in the Hangout. We love to talk about what is awesome in your life every Friday. You guys, I hope you are ready. We've got some would you rathers that we got to tackle. We're going to get to that when we come right back. Okay, awesomes, we are back. We have some would you rathers. Kelly and Rebecca are going to be super surprised by some of these questions, but I'm going to start really easy. Let's start out with a few softballs just to kind of get ourselves warmed up. This first one is from Awesome Jillian. She wondered, you guys, would you rather live on a sailboat or live in an RV? Rebecca, first thought, fresh out of the gate. What do you think? Sailboat life or RV life? RV, 100%. You're like, nope. Uh, No, I I don't want either.
1: (laughs) Sailboat? Really? I
2: get so seasick. The worst motion sickness I have ever had was on a (laughs) sailboat. And I threw up so much. I've never thrown up for motion sickness before. I mean, I know there's some people that they they throw up just riding in the car. I get motion sick in the car, too, but like not to the point of throwing up. The worst I've ever been throwing up multiple times on a sailboat. It was a very intense experience.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like. (laughs) So that's an easy decision then, because you're like, it's not about the sailboat. It's about what comes with the sailboat. Like if oh, you yeah. can live on a sailboat, like in community, I don't know if you guys remember if you watched that sitcom, but they were taking a sailing class one time, but they don't have water near them. So they just did it in the parking lot like they pretended like they were sailing. So maybe what about then, Rebecca? Yeah. Could you live on a sailboat on dry land? I mean, what's the point? Right. But
2: like, I don't know. I mean, they both seem like too small to like thrive that much. I don't know. I think I still choose an RV.
1: Okay, Kelly, what do you think? I think think I actually choose the sailboat, mostly because of kind of what it represents. I also can get seasick, so I don't really know how I would do. I have had friends, good friends, who tried to sail around the world, sort of a thing like where they sold everything, got a sailboat, was living that sailboat life. Several, I know, who have done that. I know one who is doing it with their five kids.
0: Yuck. I want to... Okay. That's a whole thing. It's a whole thing.
1: (laughs) It's an interesting, like having watched that, what I like about it is the freedom to go anywhere, to travel. Now it is obviously intense because you're on the ocean, things go wrong. If you're like, well, I'm going to sail to Australia. You've got to like plan it. But what I've heard the, the sailing community, the people who do this, who live on sailboats, they are very tight knit and they help each other out. So the adventure of it sounds appealing to me. What you're saying, Rebecca, about its small living, both Things are small. I think that the RV is also probably not as small as a sailboat, unless you have a really nice sailboat. I would want a really nice sailboat to sail around the world. Like, very nice. But at the same time, like the RV, you have to drive on the roads with other people. And I know people have done that, too. And they're like, it's a pain. And then where you go is just you're limited to land. So I like well, the idea I mean, that you can go further places. I mean,
2: where you go on a sailboat is pretty limited to water. I don't know. <laughs> like, I can't sail to yes. Oklahoma to go see Meg. True.
1: <laughs> well, you could sail to Minnesota. I can meet you in Duluth like you can get in from the ocean to here. But I don't know that you'd want to. You're right. I guess what I'm thinking is I feel like I drive I can drive a lot of places in the US, Canada. The idea of going further into more exotic locales. Yeah, is what appeals to me about a sailboat. What
0: about you, Meg? OK, so I've mentioned on the show years ago, one of my favorite YouTube channels is called Gone with the Winds, and it's a couple. Their last name is Wynn. And for the first several years of their YouTube channel, they traveled around in an RV. Then they sold the RV, bought a sailboat, did that for five years. And I've lived vicariously through that. I have thought about this question a lot. And the idea of taking my whole family of seven of us and living in either of these spaces is straight up nightmare (laughs) fuel. For me, that sounds terrible on both accounts.
1: This is your spiders versus rats situation. Yes.
0: (laughs) This is my spiders versus rats. This is it. I am sweating, literally thinking about living in that small of quarters with all of these kids. However, in the spirit of would you rather, and you have to pick something, I'm kind of like Kelly. Like, I think I would choose the sailboat in the sense that there's just so much opportunity to visit so many places, so many different cultures, have so many experiences. Rebecca is very skeptical about our choices right now. She is in hard disagreement. I think I've like read too
2: many books and watched too many movies about ocean disasters. And I just have, there's like waves and stuff. I don't know. Sometimes TikTok serves me videos of insane waves crashing into boats and I'm I just I, I know no I, just, I know it sounds so scary
0: yeah but there are definitely youtubers and I'm sure other content creators who have their three kids sometimes more and on a sailboat and they homeschool and do all the things and certainly there's tons not tons there's a lot more I think that do the RV thing I guess I would reluctantly go with sailboat I guess this sounds terrible either way okay awesome, Maria asked would you rather have to yell everything
1: or sing everything <laughs> okay that one's not so hard for me i will go in case okay. rebecca looks like she needs a minute to think sing <laughs> i mean me too i'm totally seeing on this one in fact one of my very favorite songs because it's so cute from the teen beach movie this is a disney movie that was out several years ago where the characters get sucked into a musical and one of the characters, she's super annoyed and she has to keep singing. So there's a whole song where she's like, I don't want to sing. And she's singing about how make it stop. And her boyfriend, who's like super sweet and he's happy to be trapped in the musical with her. And he's like, no, don't make it stop. And she's like, oh, I can't stop singing. It's so cute. And so I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm a little bit like, as far as who do I relate to in that movie? Absolutely. Her boyfriend, like Enneagram seven sort of personality. I think it would be annoying after a while, but I don't like to yell. I don't like when people yell at me. I'm not a yeller. I'm very Midwestern when it comes to this. I can send grace to all of my people who are more intense personalities and East Coast people who are like, this is just how we talk. I'm like, okay, I don't even yell when someone needs to be yelled at. I'm like, yeah, to You know, like, yeah. I, I don't, I just, I can't do it very well. So I have to sing.
0: I am 100% co-sign on that. I don't like to yell. And I also love Musical theater, I feel like I've been training my whole life. For <laughs> she's a, like, put me in, go, Where I can sing everything. Yeah, exactly. So that
1: way is an easy choice for me, Seeing everything. Rebecca, I know, Rebecca, Rebecca looks so still, kind of, like the inside out little panel in her head is being discussed. <laughs> is in the front right now where she's just like, oh, you guys. I don't curl.
2: like either one of these <laughs> options. My first instinct is to choose yelling because I think I'm a little too insecure about my singing voice. And that sounds like way too much emotional, mental thought process labor that I'd have to go through to overcome that. Also, what a weirdo you would be that relationships would be hard because nobody would be like, let's not invite her. She's going (laughs) to sing the whole time. But then, logistically speaking, you can whisper sing. What if I want to say something to Nate (laughs) in church about the person in front of us and I have to yell that? Like, that wouldn't work either. So I guess I have to choose sing Because I want to be able to say inappropriate
1: things. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. This is like your TikTok that went viral, Rebecca, about like people asking what you're reading on your Kindle. And you're like, no, thank you. I'm not showing you what I'm reading. So you're like, I can't spread myself to the world. I need to be able to be contained. Choose my audience. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I choose Sing.
1: Yes, I appreciate your
0: logic. hadn't even thought of whisper singing, but yes, you could totally whisper sing. I'm not a good singer, but I wouldn't mind singing everything, given the choice, especially with yelling. So that was a really good one. All right. Speaking of Rebecca and romance novels, here's one from Lindsay for all three of us. Lindsay asked, would you rather have to read your next romance book aloud in a very public place or never read another romance book again? I feel like this question is easier for
1: Kelly than it is for Rebecca. I was like, whatever the second thing is, I automatically choose it. I would never read. So I do read some romance novels, mostly because you guys will talk about them and I'll be like, oh, that's fun. Um, And so I'll go read it. But that's not the majority of my book. So I could easily say I would not read another romance novel compared to the abject horror that it would be to read one out (laughs) (laughs)
2: Rebecca, where do you <laughs> okay, on this? I think, OK, so you said my next romance novel. So I think there's a loophole yes. there that she did not consider in that I would be able to be strategic about what that next romance novel is. I could choose a closed door romance novel that is, you know, not very spicy at all. And that wouldn't be so bad. Now, reading it out loud in public would be annoying. That would be hours and hours of sitting somewhere and reading that. I don't like that at all. If I
1: don't, so it's like an audiobook. <sighs> it's
0: like a Rebecca no, I mean, produced audio <laughs> I'm not trained for this.
2: Uh, but if I don't have any control and it's just like randomly plucked out of my Kindle, then I'm sorry, guys. I will be never reading another romance novel again. I just can't do that.
1: That and now I'm sad for you. Now I feel like this is actually happening. And so you're like having to leave romance novels. What would you do, Meg? Am I going to have to be sad for you too?
0: No, I don't think so. I would do it. I would probably read it out loud in a very public place. And I hadn't even Rebecca, you're so good with the logic. You just I, I, always bring I in think it's these scheming. logical. She's good at
1: scheming. scheming. I think the question should have been the one you're reading now. Like so we shouldn't have given Rebecca any, any leeway on this question. <laughs> okay, well you're for her gonna... to choose a close <laughs> dance.
2: Okay. For the record, the book I'm reading right now is nonfiction. What? I know you didn't see that coming. What happened? Who are you? This is not a book about
0: Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Which that would be very interesting (laughs) to read out loud. in (laughs) I think I could do it, though. I think I could read it out loud in a public place. I would be very reluctant to just say, okay, that's it for me. I can never read romance again. I would be so sad for sure. Okay, the next one, I'm actually going to ask these. We've got a pair. Awesome. Sherilyn had two questions that Sarah picked for us. So it's like a double header from Sherilyn. So number one, would you rather always be late or always be on time, but everyone else is always late? So would you rather be the one always running late or you're always on time, but everyone else is always late? I'm already always late. (laughs) I mean... Are you really?
2: I've gotten better, but... eh. Always late. Oh, that's, it's so stressful. That's fine. I've had a lot of practice at it.
1: <laughs> I've had a lot of practice. That's a good way to say it. That's why I was laughing, Rebecca, too, because that has been my lifelong natural default. I have gotten so really? much better. Oh, yeah, I'm, be- absolutely. I'm a lot better. i And this too. is because of, yeah, I think when you have oh kids and you're starting to impact them and if they don't, yeah. like they're not as nonchalant yes. about it as I was, which I didn't like being late, but I was like, eh, you move on. So always being late to meet friends, to be at a family gathering, to work. It was really when I started to have kids and they were getting late to school and it bothered them. That I was like, okay, Kelly, you have to get it together. So I think now, although that is something that I certainly have done, always be late and I lived my life and I wasn't like I slept at night. I think now I might choose to always be early or to be on time and have other people be late because I feel like I need to pay my dues just to be patient with it because I've been there.
0: I don't get it. I don't understand it from either of you. I am so shocked right now. (laughs) You're runner laters. Going back to my childhood, I can remember being a kid and we were going to be late to school and I would be on the verge of panic. Like I cannot deal with, I cannot stand it. Kelly, you're like, oh, you're late. And then you just move on with your life. No.
1: That's not how. That's not a difference. I mean, it, it isn't. Response. It isn't. That's what I mean. Like my husband, we Corey and I fought a lot in our early days because I was like, eh. and he was like, "What you just said? This is so disrespectful. We're going to miss our flight." There were yes. so many things, and when he would say it, I'm like, "Oh, I am an awful person." But look, Squirrel, like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. This
0: is inborn in me. I don't know what it is. I genuinely. Feel panicked if I'm going to be late for anything. It could be dinner with a friend. It could be church. It could be anything. Like, I feel actual panic at being late. The only times in my life where I've consistently run late is when I have little, little kids. I would just have to live with my own self loathing and (laughs) disgust because I was late a lot when I had little kids. But now I do much better. But I just, oh my gosh, no, I would rather always be on time because then I can just read a book or watch TikToks while I wait for everyone else to get there. It honestly doesn't bother me that much when other people are late. I just don't want to be late. And I do think that Kyle has enabled my preoccupation with not being late because when he was in coaching, it was like a known mantra. Like if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you get left. You had to be early to get on the bus, to go do this, to be ready to go on the field, all of that. So Oh, my gosh.
1: This one was surprisingly stressful for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're right. It is stressful because I think that all of us have (laughs) proclivities one way or the other. Definitely. Okay, Sherilyn has
0: another one for us. And I do think this is going to be interesting. Now, bear in mind, Awesomes, the three of us on mic right now are all extroverts. So I'm very curious how the three of us will land on this question from Sherilyn. Would you rather quarantine for three weeks? Okay, so you got to do three weeks of quarantine. Would you rather quarantine for three weeks with a group of strangers or completely alone? You've got to quarantine away from everyone. It could either be with a group of strangers or how completely m- how many days alone. Three? three weeks. Three. See, weeks. My mind heard what I wanted. Twenty-one days. To hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like three days. I, uh, yeah, three days alone. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> no, three weeks, twenty-one days. Completely alone
1: or with a group okay, of Okay, I would choose completely alone because I can't take the risk of the strangers being somebody <laughs> who like snores or picks their nose or is like a racist. I can't take the risk.
0: <laughs> you went to the dark side of you. <laughs> I'm on
1: Twitter, Megteats. About- that- <laughs> oh, that's true. I have no Twitter. I so. see the dark side. I work in news. I can't take the risk of who would be there. Okay. And that's so in that sense, like. Would I need some therapy when I got out after 21 days totally alone? Yes. Like I would be absolutely bonkers. Solitary confinement is a torture technique, right? So that would be hard, but I think that I would rather do that and just be like, okay, it's 21 days, you can do it.
0: Okay. All right. I didn't even think about the dark side of humanity and who could be in the mix. Rebecca, what are you thinking on this one?
2: I'm so stressed out. Okay. What am I quarantining for? Can I just sign up to get that instead? Is that like a third option? Can I just be like, hmm? Because <laughs> I don't like either. The, both of these options sound really, really yeah.
0: awful. Yeah. I I mean, that's sort of the thing about Would You Rather, right? Like, it's usually bad and bad. <laughs> Thanks for stating the obvious.
2: I don't know why I'm like so (laughs) shook by like, I don't know. These sound terrible. Um, Yeah. Welcome to the game, Rebecca. That's how you play. Okay. for some reason, as you were stating the question, you're like, okay, quarantine alone or quarantine. And I'm thinking like with my best friend. Well, of course, it's not going to be like with my best friend. But even like just one other person for that long, no alone time, like even that like stresses me out. I don't know. I guess alone sometimes I think I don't like people so I don't know I guess I choose <laughs> I choose alone <laughs>
0: <laughs> so sad about it this is so surprising to me you guys because I think I would also choose alone I was gonna pick strangers before Kelly alerted <laughs> me to the fact that some humans are intolerable to be around for like an hour let alone three weeks and now I'm like shoot I don't know three weeks with a bad mix of strangers sounds terrible I mean, three weeks alone sounds terrible, but I think given the choice,
1: all three of us extroverts, (laughs) we can't take the risk. I mean, this is how awful the question is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's how much we hate both (laughs) answers, is that we're having to choose the lesser of the two evils and it is absolute torture for us. So I will choose that torture over the risk of a worse torture.
0: Yeah. I can't even imagine. I like literally in my imagination cannot imagine what three weeks completely alone would be like. Maybe it would be wonderful. I don't know. All right. We have even more would you rathers from our awesomes, including the one that is personalized pain and angst for each of us. We're going to get to those when we come right back. Okay, awesomes, we're back. We have a few more would you rathers to discuss. Again, these were submitted to us from our awesome community on Facebook in the Sort of Awesome Hangout. Our producer, Sarah, went in and shows some really fun questions for us, including this next one from Awesome Beth, who asked, would you rather be 16 or 36 forever? Maybe you're a vampire. <laughs> and that's just there, your age for the there's rest a of show time. show right immortal. now. I don't know
1: if it's on HBO. I read about it where this is the premise is this woman is immortal. So she is stuck at a certain age and she just has to keep finding new identities that people don't figure out. But like she's alive. So everybody that she loves never becomes friends with dies. And she just keeps living for me, this is an easy one. And I'm slightly the oldest one of the group. I think 36. I loved my 30s. I felt like I was more confident. I was coming into my own. So that when 16, yes, you are maybe physically more at your peak or close to it. But I I would not want to go back to my teen years. Yeah. Rebecca, where are you landing on this
0: one? I feel like you look very <laughs> contemplative. Okay. Right now. Well,
2: I'm trying to figure out. So I'm like forever 36 or forever 16 and the rest of the world continues to change or I'm forever living in my reality that was my reality at 36 and 16.
0: I don't think so. I think it is that you are forever that age and life. That's how I'm interpreting it.
2: Yes, that's my interpretation. Okay, because I got caught up in (laughs) thinking, what was my life like when I was 36? Isaac was not sleeping through the night. Uh, uh, that makes me twitchy and I'm like do I want that for the rest of my life like he was the worst of all of our sleepers do I want that okay now I need to rethink okay so at 36 then I would have my kids in my life I don't know
1: I mean well, no you wouldn't because they would continue to grow it's just that you get to be who yeah. you are when you're 36 like they will grow and die, yes. and you will live outlive them. Okay. So I mean, like, it's not really a great proposition. It's just like, which age would you rather be in perpetuity? Yeah.
2: Okay, so let's like pretend that like all yes. of my people are already like dead, because that otherwise that makes me sad.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Like, let's, yes. you have to go into a fairy tale, like a an alternative universe world. Yeah, alternative universe. Uh, here we go.
2: Ah. Uh... Cut the audio. Like, edit my pauses. pauses. I'm like, literally can't Puses. speak.
0: Rebecca, more than anyone, I feel like you really, like, <laughs> live these realities. <laughs> Maybe it's because you're our sensing type, Kelly and I are intuitive types, and so
1: maybe we just, like, stay
0: cerebral about it. But I feel
1: like you, like,
0: physically
1: experience okay, each so of these these shows are maybe hard on Rebecca because of that, where she's like, I have to really inhabit both questions, and now I feel like I need to take a shot. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is just, like, what was going through my mind, right? Like, I should just say these things out loud. I was thinking, well, what about my physical body like living in my 36 year old body versus my 16 year old body maybe going back to like my 16 year old body could be kind of fun but then i wouldn't have my 36 year old confidence right and then i was thinking too like
0: <laughs> i was i, I, I don't, okay what are you thinking? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I-, I know what you're thinking. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell by looking at you. You're thinking when you were 16, you weren't having sex.
1: But as a 36 year old. <laughs> okay, but that doesn't mean you're living forever. I <laughs> know. This isn't the rapture. This isn't the rapture question of would you rather get raptured before you had sex? You know, like that sort of thing.
2: Okay, I choose 36 and I don't really want to talk about it anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I think that especially for Rebecca, she should get a pass on some questions because it's agonizing for her and I feel bad for her.
0: So agonizing. <laughs> um, I think can I get a hold of myself. I think I. I'm probably going to land on 36. I loved being 16. That was such a fun time. I really loved it. I could envision that forever. However... I don't think I would like the sort of like emotional upheaval, like if that comes as part of the package, too, of being 16 forever and having those 16-year-old hormone situations going on and just like this sort of lack of cognitive maturity of a 16-year-old. I say that as someone who lives with teenagers. I think that part would not be awesome for eternity. And I also, like Kelly, I loved being in my 30s. 36 was great. So I probably would pick that maybe with a little hesitation, but I think that's where I would land too. Okay. This next one is a really physical question. And so I hope, Rebecca, I hope this is not too painful for you because it actually has to do with your physical body. Awesome. Sarah asked, would you rather step in dog poop wearing your most expensive shoes, your favorite shoes or your most expensive shoes, you stepped in dog poop, or would you rather step on a thistle or she said they used to call them pricker bushes, barefoot. Now, I cheated a little, you guys. I was looking at the thread and I asked her for like follow-up because she said thistle or pricker bush. And I was like, I don't know if I know what those are. So she shared some pictures. I shared pictures of what I was thinking of. These are those green leafy plants and you don't know that they're prickery, thistly, until
1: like you step on them barefoot. And they've got little prickers on them.
0: Do you guys have them? For yeah,
2: I think so. It's not a
1: bush. No. We have things that have thorns on them, like that are weeds.
2: Yeah. yeah. Would the thorn get stuck in my foot? Like, would I have to pull them out? I'd have to pull them out? Yes. I guess dog poop. I just wash it off. I don't have very expensive shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would just. That's kind of what I'm I was just I would just wash too. it off. It'd be really yeah. gross.
1: I have stepped in dog poop with my bare feet. So you take the two. Like one time I was jumping off of a sidewall in our house and I jumped into, in my bare feet, a not old pile of dog poo that I did not see because it was, and I screamed so loud. My husband thought that I had broken my arm. The windows were open and people came running and they were like, what happened? And I'm like, my foot is in what? <laughs> like I'm throwing up a little bit even thinking about it. Because it squished through my toes.
0: Yes. The reason I am affirming this so much is because I also have stepped in dog poop barefoot. One of our dogs, this was like recently, this was like in the past year or so, one of our dogs had gotten sick in the middle of the night and we were all asleep. And so she had, I'm sure, been asking to go out, but there was no one to let her out. And so... (laughs) And they, our dogs don't come upstairs, but sometimes they'll come up on the landing. And whichever one was sick had diarrhea at the bottom of the stairs, like right on the landing. We have those split stairs where you go down to a landing and then it goes to either side. And it's like right where you're coming down the stairs. And it was dark and it was like 530 in the morning. And I was walking down the stairs and I just stepped right in dog diarrhea. And... <laughs> It was not the best moment of my life. So having done that, which was horrifying, I think I could handle stepping in the dog poop wearing my most expensive shoes, which, by the way, my most expensive shoes are a pair of boots, which I feel like could handle a little scrub down from dog
1: poop. <laughs> I mean if you've washed dog poop off of your actual feet yep. and dug it out of your toenails, I feel like washing it off of shoes is okay. not that big of a deal. I this my mind.
2: What, this is the I, thing. I vote for the pricker. I'm <laughs> I I going to talk
1: Rebecca out of it.
2: The the threshold for the poop has been reached and now I I jump to the other side.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure that we do have these thistle or pricker bushes here. I'm just not as familiar with them. What we do have everywhere, and I have stepped in plenty of times, are those burrs, like the burr weeds. And they like stick to everything. They stick to your animals. They stick to your pant legs, your socks, your shoes. And stepping on those is a fresh hell that I do not want to experience again. I'll take dog poop any day for sure. Okay. It has come time for this last question. These are the ones that are specifically aimed like an arrow to the heart of each of the three of us. We get our own personalized personalized so with your others. Let's start with... I'm like sitting back. <laughs> well, Kelly, let's start with you again. These are from Awesome oh, okay. Allie. So if this inflicts so much pain on you that you need a little counseling session afterwards, you can send Allie the bill.
2: going to kick okay. her out of so the hangout.
0: Allie- <laughs> asked for Kelly, if you had to choose, would you rather it be spring in Minnesota forever or eat the same food for dinner forever? (laughs) You literally
1: sat back like an arrow to the chest. Like, (laughs) this is an impossible question. I was like, you might as well ask which of your children is your favorite. (laughs) Yes. I don't know that there's a way to choose this. If I'm just going to say, I don't think I could eat the same food for dinner forever. forever. Yeah. But also, it, it depends on what kind of spring it is, is. You know, like we've talked about. If it's the early spring where it's just like gray and the kind that we had this year where it lasted for freaking ever It felt like it was never going to end, that I was slowly going insane. So either way, I would slowly go insane. Would you like to go insane this way or would you like to go insane that way? I feel like I would probably choose to go insane with spring because maybe I'm going to actually put my own parameters on this. If I could choose a beautiful day in spring, I don't mind spring once it gets to be that, once it gets to be 60 and everything's blooming. So even if it like varied, like even if you had early spring to warm spring to early spring to warm spring, at least you'd have some relief. But I just don't think I could eat the same thing every day, even though, didn't we say last time we were talking about I like pizza? I could eat pizza a lot. But if it was the same, same thing. No, ma'am. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Yes. Yeah. That was probably hard. Wouldn't. Allie, why do you? <laughs> she woke up today and chose violence. She chose violence. It was like, oh. It
2: probably wouldn't be good for you nutritionally, too. So like. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. You made the smart
1: yeah.
0: choice. Got to go your with body. Minnesota in the springtime.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Okay, Rebecca, here's yours. Are you ready?
2: No, no, I'm not ready. Let's (laughs) skip (laughs) me.
0: No, you gotta go. This one is very specific for Rebecca. (laughs) Rebecca, if you had to choose, would you rather give up romance novels or give up Harry Styles music? (gasps) Oh,
1: whoa. (laughs) I feel like mine was not even as hard. Oh,
0: no, it froze up. No. Is it
2: frozen? I'm just sitting here. Okay. Are you sure I'm frozen? I'm just not. She's just sitting in horror. I'm calm. I'm not having as much of a reaction. That's all it is. I'm not actually frozen. (laughs) I thought it was frozen. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I'm just sitting here perfectly still. Okay. She said give up Harry Styles music. She didn't say give up Harry Styles full stop. Right?
0: No. She she specifically said the music. I think uh, that Allie, what Allie may not know is that the music <laughs> is only incidental to, <laughs> to, to your enjoyment of what Mr. Harry Styles. So. It's only
2: part of the fun. Okay. I would give up the romance
1: novel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> well... She's going to give both answers, and then Meg gets to choose when she edits the episode which one actually yeah. stays. It was
2: like my body suddenly shut down. I was like, no, don't say that. Um, no. I think I would give up the romance novels because I'm stressed. I'm trying to str- get stressed all of a sudden. I was so calm. I went into this with s- such a calm, and now my like, body totally me. <laughs> yes.
0: You were totally zen. You were totally at peace. And now you're like, no, no, I'm going to freak out just thinking about this. (laughs) Okay. I think the reason why I would choose the romance novels is because
2: I have had such friendship fun around Harry Styles. This concert experience that I had, and I have another concert coming up. And the idea of not being able to do those like really fun, joy-filled, monumental things makes me really sad. Like I really enjoy romance novels. And they provide a lot of really good escape. I feel like Harry Styles provides a lot of joy. And I think there's a difference between the two that I want to honor the need
1: for joy in my life. That was like a little bit of wisdom right there. That was a mic yes. drop. Rebecca. Like There's a difference between escape and joy. Like one is something that you need to get away when you need to get away. And one is actually proactively bringing in.
0: All right. Well, that makes sense. That is like a really good and thoughtful response. And I think that you handled that question well. Okay, so the one for me that Allie picked is for Meg. If you had to choose, would you rather never wear lipstick again or never wear perfume again?
1: Oh, I know. These are so good. I will say this, Allie, you know us. Yes.
0: Yes. Allie does know us so well. I really have had to deliberate this. I would say ultimately, like I cannot, I cannot, I cannot envision a world, a reality, an experience of life, having joy in my life, as Rebecca was just talking about, without being able to have my lipstick collection that brings me so much happiness. My perfumes, my fragrances do too, but I can envision and went many years with never giving a thought to perfume. I think I could. I would be so sad and so jealous of everyone with their fragrances. And I would be very regretful about it. But I could live. Oh, my gosh, the thought like I just like let myself go there in my mind for a second. The thought of never wearing lipstick again.
1: No, I can't. do it.
0: Well, and that's I feel
1: like I can't see you without lipstick. Yeah, Yeah. like that's
2: really a physically altering commitment to say that like never again in your life you would apply any lipstick. You do you, but like you doing you is with beautiful lipstick. And to never have that
0: ever again, that's kind of a big deal. It makes me sad to think about it. So, Allie, thank you for seeing us and knowing us so well and then using that as ammunition to do we do we thank her? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) To bring this dose of angst to us today. No, really. Thank you all of you awesomes who submitted and suggested some would you rathers. This was so fun to play. I love just playing with you guys with without the theme, although the four versus 400 theme was incredibly fun. Especially when Kelly got to the point of being like, <laughs> for free.
1: <laughs> you guys, if you have not listened to that episode, it was legit. The parameters that Rebecca had given us is that we were supposed to come up with would you rathers that had the four versus a 400 in honor of our anniversary. And like the numbers. By the end, yes. the numbers. Yes. Yeah. Four. I'm holding up fingers, but I guess they can't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Four versus. I literally forgot. <laughs> I asked my question. I don't remember what it was. It was something it was like four hundred traveling around the world for free, and you're like, and I... for free. And Meg goes, so for free. And I was like, yep, that's it's totally intentional. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you said it was fun. It was also very, very hard. Yeah. It was very
0: challenging to come up with the four versus 400, but this was a lot of fun and our awesomes showed up with some amazing would you rather. So you guys, thank you for that. If people want to find us on the social medias to talk about our answers to this or just talk about whatever, Kelly, you even mentioned
1: your website a couple of times because recipes, where's the best place we can go and find you, Kelly? Yeah, if you want to find information about me, things that I've suggested, the best place is kellygordonmn.com. That's my website. And then on social media, it's the same handle. On Twitter and Instagram is where I'm most active. Kelly Gordon, MN. Someone go tweet at Kelly and remind
0: her that there is goodness in the world on Twitter.
1: Oh, <laughs> I should say there absolutely is. My kids are like, Twitter's a cool. And I'm like, it depends on who you follow. I follow so many great yes. people. And I use Twitter yeah. for work. That's why I'm there. But at the same time, for sure, I don't think it's awful if you find the right people. But I do need more awesomes there. If you're on Twitter also for work, and you want to just yeah. like tweet those little things where you're like, the this, this stupid stuff that we usually used Twitter for in the old days, like this is what I had for lunch, or this is something funny that my kid just said, I would love to have you. Yes,
0: that's right. Keep it awesome on Twitter. Rebecca, where can we find you all around the web? My website is simplyrebecca.com.
2: And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram at simplyrebecca.
0: Okay. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show by searching Sorta Awesome, whatever platform you're on. Again, come find us in the Hangout group on Facebook, Sorta Awesome Hangout over there. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time.